You're listening to Fit Girl, your guide to getting in shape, the podcast dedicated to helping you separate fact from fiction in fitness. For more details about this podcast and other episodes, visit fitgirlpodcast.com. This is podcast episode number 282. In this episode, the secret body part that makes you metabolically flexible so you can burn fat all day long. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the new website community, all that stuff I've been working on for so long is almost ready. It's about 90% ready. And actually, I'm going to give you the URL so you can go check it out and also be sending in the email list um, a coupon. So if you wanted to join now, you could do that. And anyways, I'll just tell you a little bit about it and then get on with the episode. It's actually a completely different concept than just a regular website. It's more like a Facebook with a website. So think of it as a community where you can access all of the different programs and you can download all of the things that we were doing with Club Fit. If you're not familiar with some of these things because you're a new listener, um, these are a couple of membership sites that I had uh, several years ago and unfortunately uh, different situations in my life came up and I was not able to maintain them, although they were really fun and popular. And there was two of them. One was downloadable programs, and that's actually before the whole streaming thing came into play. So people would download the programs that actually had pictures and a workout log to follow. So that when they went to the gym, they had everything that they needed to do. Then uh, the second one, the Quick Fit Club, which you'll see some of that on the YouTube channel, is the video-based workouts. And basically with that one, we were offering each month a different workout plan. So each month was a new focus. And there's still a chance that we might go back to that if everybody really likes that. But uh, right now, what I'm doing is taking all of the material, because even though it's a couple years old, it's still really, really good workouts. And some of the production isn't necessarily up to where I would want it to be. But again, if you still look at it from the standpoint of these are really good workouts, when you do them, they're very effective. Um, it might not be the super polished studio production, but still, it's a great workout. Once you learn the workout and understand what you're doing, um, you can really get a lot of good progress from any of them. So including these programs in the community is a way to let people connect and give each other support and encouragement. And basically, the biggest obstacle most people seem to have with fitness is that they lose motivation. And what other way can you get motivation than to talk about to other people about the program you're doing and for them to know which program you're doing. Maybe they've already done it. Maybe they want to do it in the future. But it's a way that you can kind of connect and be on the same wavelength. And that's motivating. You know, when you know you can log into a place and say, hey, I did this workout today and it kicked my butt. Or, you know, I did this one. I can't believe it was actually easy. And somebody else can say, yeah, you know what, when I did it, I just, I died the first time, but then the second two were easier or whatever. It's it's a way to connect. And it's kind of really cool when you think about the internet and how everybody is in different countries and we can still connect this way and support each other and encourage each other because unfortunately a lot of times uh, especially if you're trying to lose weight you don't have that support and encouragement right there in your home Um, a lot of people have different goals and this is also a way to find other people that might have ones that are very similar to you that you would have never thought so again like-minded fitness friends is kind of how I view it 
The other really neat thing about having a community that's separate from a Facebook page is that you're not going to be distracted by all those little things that pop up or that are on the side or just the top bar. I mean, all those little things that you see and you click here, you click there, and all of a sudden, three hours later, uh, you don't even know what you did. So by being in a distraction-free community that's focusing on just your fitness... You can, you know, get in, get out, get the information you need, whether it's a question, um, whether it's following up on a workout or making suggestions or whatever the case may be. You're not going to dilly-dally unless you really want to and look at every single piece of information that's in there because there will be a lot. Um, but anyways, you can focus on what's important to you. And going along the lines of all of my fitness makeover and Fit Girl podcast, there is going to be training motivation courses, nutrition courses. Uh, basically, I'm going to take that fitness makeover and turn it into a 12-week program. And part of the community is going to be a fitness makeover community. And what that means is that when you do the fitness makeover, you become a part of that private community and uh, as well as the regular community. And you get updates for as long as you're a member. So each time I revise the fitness makeover, which I'm evolving it. It's coming along. Um, there's many, many things that I want to put into it that are usually in the live workshops, but there's just only so much time to get it down and to record it and edit it and all that kind of stuff. So my goal is to keep adding a little bit to each section so that eventually it's going to be as complete as the live workshops are so that the online will kind of mirror that. And although I could probably just record the live workshops, again, there's different, you know, distractions or questions or things that are going on that just doesn't make it as streamlined as I would really want it to be. Because sometimes people ask questions and you can't even hear what they're asking when you play back the recording. And that's really, usually some really valuable information too when there's the questions that are going on or the examples that we're giving at that time. And if you don't hear the whole conversation, then it just it really doesn't make sense. So again, just trying to get it all very concise um, and keeping it in a decent amount of time period so that you're not spending all day watching a video about motivation or how to do your proper nutrition and your numbers and all of that kind of stuff. And then the other thing that I'm going to change about the fitness makeover is that it's not going to be offered all the time. It's actually going to be done throughout the year. So probably about four times a year so that I can actually take the time and spend it in with the community, answering people's questions, being there, um, seeing what they're doing, being able to check off people's programs or nutritions or things like that, that, that usually I would have to do in person with a private client and they'd have to pay a lot of money. But this way I can kind of take my focus and put it here all in one spot to the community. I know that may be a lot to try to figure out or sink in or, or maybe just grasp the concept. Um, my problem is that I'm usually too far ahead of my time as I kind of was when I first started this podcast and all my online business and then unfortunately life got in the way. But anyways, I think that the communities where people can focus on a specific topic, especially when it comes to self-improvement, um, and of course fitness is that, but it, this whole concept I have with the strong and powerful is more than just fitness and it's more than just nutrition and motivation. It's your own mindset and how you can be the most productive person and the most supportive person to yourself and your family and your friends and all of that kind of breeds like attracting like. So it's kind of a bigger picture and read about that on the website. So before I get into the episode, um, let me give you that website. And it's actually B B E dot strong and powerful. And that's words all spelled out.com. 
So see, that's simple. Uh, if you're on my email list, I'm going to be sending you a coupon code. And uh, that's about all I have to say about that. And there'll be more updates in the future. And if my lips are smacking, I'll apologize now because I've just been really dehydrated lately. Not sure why. But anyhow, I'm sorry if I make too much noise. <laughs> so the secret body part that makes you metabolically flexible. And what does that really mean? Well, that means that your body knows how to burn carbohydrates and fat for energy. And a lot of times when people don't drop weight right away, it's because their body doesn't know how to, to do that. It doesn't know how to use the foods the right way or the nutrients the right way. So you want to make your body so that it's metabolically flexible so that you can burn fat all day long and it uses those nutrients the way it's meant to be. Now, the secret body part we've actually discussed in previous podcasts. And this is probably the one that you train the least, yet you should be training the most. And it's definitely, in my book, the key to sustainable weight loss. It's the one body part that when people start training regularly and correctly, that makes a huge, huge difference in their weight loss um, and overcoming plateaus and just keeping the weight off. So I'm sure you're just dying to know what it is, right? Well, ta-da, it's your back. And your back is a large muscle group. And most of the time, people don't train enough of it. They do more for their abs than they do for their back. And in all honesty, you may have heard me say this before, but if you're training heavy, then you have to embrace or brace with your abdominals, and you'll be using them. And if you're focusing on your breathing, you're going to be inhaling and exhaling. Those abs are going to get tight. So you really don't have to do direct abdominal work in order to get ripped cut abs. And in my competitions in the past, I really didn't do any direct abdominal work because it came from bracing my body when I was doing the heavier weights. And I'm not talking one or two repetition weights. I'm talking maybe six repetitions, even eight repetitions. Okay, so that's still not ridiculously low or heavy, but it's challenging, you know, and finding that weight that's challenging and working it, which means working it not only for that muscle, but using your breathing, using the associated muscles or the accessory muscles, using your abdominals, you know, squeezing your glutes when you're doing certain things. There's a lot of muscles that we can use at the same time. And that's one of those keys to getting more from a workout because anybody can just go through the motions, but that doesn't mean they're going to get the exact same results as somebody else who's much more focused. This may sound obvious, but your back is as essential to your weight loss program as it is to your life, your daily life. The health and strength of your back is going to dictate pretty much how your posture is, how you can handle lifting things. If you injure yourself easily, it's going to dictate how your shoulders are. Are they healthy or do you have that whole syndrome of, oh, but I have these bad shoulders? Well, usually they're not bad shoulders. Usually they're tight chest and weak back muscles. And again, posture makes a huge difference in how you look. All you have to do is stand up straight and realize that your waist gets about two inches smaller right away. And if that's not reason enough to train your back, think about the boost it gives to your metabolism because it is such a large muscle. And if you think, well, okay, I do some, I do some pull downs, that's training my back. Eh, yeah, but are you doing them correctly? And to be honest with you, that's still not enough. You know, your back is a very compound muscle. You need to not only work it from different angles, but there's also different 
prime movers in the back that you definitely need to focus on. And that's why there's so many different back exercises. It's not that you just pick two of them, like some pull downs and some rows, but you need to do different types of overhead pulls, uh, lateral pulls, uh, anything you want to think about. I mean, there's, there's all different ways and pulley systems and handles. There's prone grips and parallel grips. And there's reasons for that because your back is a large muscle that needs a lot of work. So you, I think you've got that by now. Now, one of the things that I focus on with my clients, this is really, really important when you're training back, is to use the back muscles. Oh, duh, right? Well, it's not so easy. Most of the time when you're doing back training, you're using your arms. Most people will actually round forward a little bit and just pull from the arms and the shoulders, and they'll get a great bicep workout, but it's doing nothing for their metabolism or for their back. So the key is to think of your hands as hooks or think of them kind of like a big uh, big digging machine where your hands are the things that are guiding it back. So when you think of one of those big machines that they use to move, let's say, dirt and stuff like that, well, it's not the actual little joint that's doing it. It's the whole big scoop and pull. So thinking of your arms as just hooks that are on that machine and you're actually pulling from your back is what's going to make a big difference. And the problem is that most people find that when they start to train their back correctly, they have to reduce the weight. So if you're one of those people that like, oh, I do a hundred pounds on this, then you know what? Cut it in half and see if you can actually use your back. And don't worry about the weight. The weight is just a thing to help challenge you. And it's, it's really how well you're doing the exercise, how well you're feeling the correct muscle. And if you don't feel your back when you're training it, you're not doing it right. So when you do back training, yes, you're going to pull backwards. And I have everyone stick their arms out and say, okay, squeeze your shoulder blades. Now pull them back even further. Think of your elbows like they're going to touch your spine. That's how far back you want to get the arms. Now, if your chest is not lifted and if your back does not have that nice natural curve, which a lot of times we think of it as arched, it, but it has to have a, a bit of a curve for it to be activated, you're not getting back at all. If your chest is straight, even if your shoulders are forward, you're not getting back. So you really have to over accentuate sticking the chest out, pulling the shoulders back, like your shoulder blades are going to touch each other and then your elbows are going to come back and touch your spine in order to begin to feel the back. And of course, that's assuming that you're using the hands lightly as a hook rather than grabbing something and pulling. Most of the time, I will have my clients put their thumbs over the top of whatever grip they're grabbing because you find if you grab something and you've got your finger on one side and your index, uh, your finger, yeah, they're all fingers, your index finger on one side and your thumb on the other side, usually the opposite side, you're going to grip. And of course, yeah, duh, but that means you're going to be tensing your forearms and you're going to be tensing your biceps and you're not going to be really focusing on your back. So by doing what they call a false grip, or a cup grip, which means, you know, you, you uh, put your hands like a cup of, if you were going to put water in your hands and you had to drink water from your hands, I'm not sure why you would. But anyways, anyways, that's the idea of a cup. You have your thumb around by the fingers. So they're all fingers are there together as one. So you're using that when you're doing your back motions. Now, I know some particular handles might not be as easy to grab that way, but to be honest with you, most of them, 
you can. Definitely with the pull down, you have to flip your thumbs over to be on the same side of the bar as your fingers. Same thing with the rows. When you start doing this, you're going to realize how much you were pulling with your arms. So the first thing when you're going to do some back training is to start with a very, very light set so that you can kind of practice that pulling motion. Practice by pulling from the shoulder blades, not to the shoulder blades. So you're thinking of your arms being light and you're beginning the motion by pulling your shoulder blades together. And in doing that, that chest lifts up. And that's one of the biggest mistakes I see when people are on a rowing machine, and I'm talking about a strength training machine, not the cardio one. When they're on it and they have a pad by their chest, they tend to lean forward to grab the handles and then they stay there. And then the arms go back and forth. Well, that's definitely not their back working. That's shoulders, that's biceps, that's not doing much good. So when you do have a chest pad for a back machine where your chest has to sit on that pad or be close to it, doesn't mean you're supposed to be laying over it. As a matter of fact, you grab your handles, you sit up tall, you arch your back, lift your chest, sit real tall, then begin the exercise. And that's also true when you're doing rows and pull downs. You, yes, you grab the bar, you get in position, then you pull your shoulders down, you arch your back, you get that upper body set before you do anything. You don't pull right into the exercise. You have to get your body set because if you don't, you're not gonna do it right. And that's the other mistake I see a lot of people do. They pull down and they just keep going, pulling and pulling and pulling. It's like, no, you're, you didn't even set your body up right. I mean, it'd be like squatting where you just walk off the rack and just start squatting. You, you didn't set your feet. You didn't look to see where the bar is. You didn't do anything. You just started. You know, you just can't do that and do it properly. So each time you do a back exercise, and that actually means every single set, take the time to set it up properly. Get the weight in your hands and whether it means, you know, sitting down in the pull down machine or grabbing the weight and getting back in the seat for a row, sit down, get your posture right, lift your chest, pull your shoulders back and then begin. And I tell you, most people like to do the dumbbell rows and pretty much everyone I see does it wrong. And I really wouldn't even do that exercise uh, to be honest with you, just because it's not that it's a bad exercise, it's a very good one if you know how to do it by using your back. But most people don't know how to use their back muscles at all, so obviously they're not going to be using it on that one. So make sure you can really master using your back to initiate the movement in the row and in the pull down and in anything else you do before you jump into the dumbbells or even the barbell um, because it's easy just to throw the weight around and not necessarily use your back. Now, the other thing to keep in mind is that when you pull it back and you squeeze your shoulder blades, don't release them completely because your back still works and it works a lot with the negative of the exercise. So what that means is that when you pull it back and you squeeze your shoulder blades, you're going to want to keep those shoulder blades a little bit pinched as your arms come forward. You'll get to a point where the arms are almost straight or maybe three quarters and you'll lose the feeling in your back and you know that's where your next repetition comes into play. But I usually kind of joke with my clients, I say yes, pull it back and squeeze hard and then keep it squozing on the way forward. Now I don't think that's really a word, but you get the idea that your shoulder blades have to be tight and then if you keep them tight as you lower the weight, it's gonna be night and day between what you feel.
And I know that's one of those things that I figured out a long time ago and made the biggest difference in everything I do. And definitely increasing my back training made a huge difference in everything, you know, not only um, my physique for competitions, but just for keeping the weight off and for being able to kind of basically eat what I want and do what I want without doing cardio. Um, and that's absolutely the truth. Never thought I could say that, you know, 20 years ago, I would say there's no way that'll happen. But hey, here I am. And yeah, I'm still not really doing well, no, not doing cardio. <laughs> so uh, yep, not at all. Uh, and just doing my weight training, not even being real consistent lately for things, but keeping my weight, keeping my muscle. And, um, you know, it can be done. It's, if I could do it, anybody can do it. Just listen to what I'm telling you. Now, I'll let you in on another little secret. I kind of hesitated when I said cardio there because no, I'm still not doing it, but I'm actually contemplating doing another competition, like a master's competition or something, because um, I had always said that, you know what, people use their age as an excuse. And, um, you know, even though I look normal, uh, I would like to be more shredded, you know, like I used to be. Um, and why not? You know, I mean, that's kind of what happened last time I did competitions. I was like, gosh, it's been a really, really long time. Why don't I just do one? Uh, so anyways, I was thinking of doing that just to kind of show people that are my age, which is well over 50, uh, that yeah, you can get in shape at any time. You know, I mean, again, there's a difference between looking okay, and then being in your best shape. You know, and that's kind of what I'm looking at. And some people are just looking at getting to that okay stage, which could be their best shape of their life. And it just doesn't really matter. It's your own goal. You know, it doesn't matter what the weight is or what the inches are, or whatever. If you feel good, that's all that matters. And if you're healthy, that's all that matters. But if you're miserable because you don't look the way you want, then you can change that. And I do believe you can do that at any age. And unfortunately, it's going to require me to do some cardio probably, you know, when I decide to do it, which will probably be next year. Well, I mean, the competition would be next year. I'd probably have to start pretty soon. So anyways, I'm also um, probably going to have that on a blog too, so I can kind of record and keep myself accountable to you guys. Uh, on the community website, there'll be a special area uh, for like blog posts and I'll post what I'm doing. You know, what I'm, what I'm eating, what I'm exercising, what workouts I'm doing, weights, all that kind of stuff. Um, I always keep logs that are just ridiculously meticulous. So I can just basically do that online and then everybody can see that, yeah, hey, you know what? It's not that it was easy. It's not that it's, it's an easy thing to do to get to a shape that you want to be, but it's doable. And that's kind of the goal is to say, you know, don't let your age or other factors influence whether you can get in shape or not. It's how much work you're willing to put in and how much time it's going to take. And we don't usually like either one of them. A lot of times we're okay with doing, you know, one or the other. Like maybe I'll, I love to work out. I'll do that all day long. Or, oh, you know, I'll diet all day long and not work out. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes people just like to do one thing and not the other, but it's putting it all together. And then, of course, doing that for a long period of time. So to put it in perspective, last time I did a competition, I probably started at maybe, I don't know, 18% body fat, 16, 18, something like that, and got down to about 8%. And it took six months. Yeah, that seems like a long time. Um, but you know what? Once you start and you get going, you realize that you just you keep going, you know? And uh, it actually was not hard. I wasn't cranky. I ate lots of food. And, you know, it really wasn't a big deal. It was just 
getting into pretty much a routine as far as that goes. Um, before that, any competitions I had done it was one of those miserable things because I started way too late. And then, yeah, then you have to really uh, do extra cardio and you have to do more restriction on the food. Um, so when people are usually miserable for competitions, um, this last time I wasn't because you know what? I gave myself enough time. So anyways, that's a whole other story. Let's get back to back training. So now you know that with your back training, you're going to do more sets and more exercises or both. You're going to focus on using your back to pull and then keeping it tight on the way forward. And you're going to focus on not using your arms. You're going to do that by using a cup grip or a false grip. You're also going to make sure that you're doing it in the six to eight repetition range. Your back is an explosive muscle and it likes to have the heavier weights. Now, there's kind of a caveat here. There comes a point in your back training that, yeah, you could continue to do repetitions, but you're not really using your back anymore. So that's where you have to recognize, hey, you know what? I can't squeeze it. I can't keep it tight on the way forward too. I'm done. So just because you can go through the motion doesn't mean that you should continue going. You work your back until it's fatigued, or which basically means you can't do the exercise properly anymore. You're not using the correct muscle. So it's kind of like if you were doing biceps and you had nice strict curls and then you're getting to the end and you're still going, but this time you're throwing your hips forward, you're throwing your elbows up, you're almost throwing the dumbbell to your shoulders. That's not working your biceps anymore. So stop before you get to that point, and that's where you will develop a feel where, you'll, where you will know you, know, you do a repetition like, oh, I didn't quite get that one tight, and try a second one. If it's still not tight, forget it, because sometimes there's that one repetition where you just kind of lose a little bit of focus every once in a while, and you know it might just be one bad one, and you can pick it back up. But if you're doing 10, 11, 12 repetitions, you're not doing enough weight. All right, so think of that, your back is explosive, and that's also a way that you can add to your training is that your, like for example, pull downs are gonna be much more explosive coming down and then slower on the way up. So it, you're gonna use that power to come down and slow on the way up. Now for, for women or men or anybody actually who want to lose weight, uh, pull-ups. I know you're gonna be like, I can't do a pull-up. Well, neither could I, but now I can. So even if you can't actually do a pull-up, get on that bar and hang. Uh, do not swing your legs, do not bend your knees, do not try to kick your ass up there. Just the fact of holding onto a bar with your entire body weight below you is going to be a huge impact on your back and your abdominals. And so yes, you can do negatives and things and know the machine that you put the weight on and it counterbalances and pushes you up, that does not count. Uh, with my clients, if well, we don't usually do that machine unless they're like really, really old, which means maybe 80s or 90s. Um, anybody who's anywhere under the age of 70, they're going to be hanging from the bar or doing pull-ups. Now, one thing to realize with pull-ups is that one is almost like a whole entire workout itself. So don't think that you're going to be able to start banging out 10 or 20 of them. Doesn't matter. One or two repetitions alone is huge on the impact to your metabolism and to your abdominals. So even if you can't do it, just hang there, hang. And not only that, it's going to feel good because your spine's going to kind of de depress or elongate, whichever way you want to think about it. And it's just, it's going to be good for your body altogether. 
Now, yet another reason for training back if you didn't have enough already is that it supports your shoulders. So when I'm training and I'm doing shoulders, I focus on squeezing the shoulder blades at the bottom of every single repetition. And I think that's something too that people don't instruct. So when you're doing a shoulder press, whether it's dumbbell or barbell, yeah, you're going to push it up overhead. But when you come down, you're not just going to let it drop. And sometimes people just don't feel anything. They just bring it down. No, you want to use your back and your shoulder blades to pull your arms back down. So yeah, you're pushing with your shoulders, but you're also pulling down with your back. And when you start doing that, it's going to help your rotator cuff system, which is four little back muscles that all work together to help your shoulder rotate. It's going to help them get a little bit stronger and help them work correctly when you use your shoulders. Because most people don't get injured in the gym with their shoulders. It's the real world. They go to grab something, their arm is straight. It's a bad position. Um, and on top of that, it's tight, their chest is tight, their shoulders tight, their back is weak, and it's just a recipe for disaster. So when you're training your shoulders, focus on also feeling your back at the bottom of each repetition. If you're going really heavy weight, you're probably not going to be able to get that for all of the repetitions, but if you're doing repetitions of eight to 10, yeah, you should be able to squeeze your shoulder blades at the bottom of each one and start with your elbows back when you're doing a shoulder press. Um, because again, the back and shoulders work together. And that's actually a good way to do them when you're working out. Uh, oftentimes I'll superset shoulders and back because I have had shoulder issues. And when I do back, it just pulls them right back where they're supposed to be. And I find that I just feel a lot healthier with my shoulders when I combine those two and do supersets with them or just alternate the exercises. Yes, let's not forget about the lower back, which people will do um, on the hyperextension machine. And it's easy to work the lower back just on the floor doing those supermans. Uh, the thing is that you have to remember your back, lower back is not really meant to throw your body up and down, okay? It's meant really to support your hamstrings. And a lot of times issues with the lower back actually stem from hamstrings being weak. So if that's, you know, being the back of your body, if that's another body part that you forgot about, then that's going to need to be addressed. And hamstring movements should be things like leg curls. And personally, I find that the ones where you lie on your stomach are much more effective than the seated ones. But then again, sometimes you can't get on what you want. You kind of grab what you can when it comes to working out in a gym. Um, they're a li little bit, well, they're actually a lot harder to train at home. Um, but you can do the stability ball leg curl, which is pretty good. And then there's also the uh, resistance band leg curl. That is not the same as putting the bands around your ankles and walking sideways. All right. Being an effective exercise for a small muscle group is great. And that's what you use the bands around your legs and walk back and forth with. It's not going to be targeting the hamstring. So it's more of a supportive type exercise. Um, really, leg curls, deadlifts are the things that you need to do for those hamstrings. Um, and there's just no other way around it. But lower back training should also be controlled. Um, you want to really focus on squeezing your lower back to move you. At the same time, when you're doing abdominals, you're also working that lower back. So when you push your lower back into the floor, when you go to crunch, well, you're working the both together. And then when we get into core exercises, such as you know, planks and elbow planks, all that kind of stuff, you need to squeeze your shoulder blades. I think that's something that nobody even thinks about. 
and definitely I've not seen anybody really teach that much. So when you get into a plank position, you get your arms set straight down, you know, don't just tighten your abs, tighten your back. If you sit there and squeeze your shoulder blades and then squeeze your stomach, you realize that, oh, hey, you know what, my back, uh, hey, it goes all the way around my body, so it is my core, all right? Your back, your shoulder blades, they're more important to your core than your abdominals. So when you're in that position and you actually squeeze your shoulder blades, you're going to be able to hold that plank for a long time and you're not going to have the issues with your shoulders. So, I mean, immediately when people tell me that planks hurt their shoulders, I know they're not doing it right. So focus, when you get in that plank position, lay down flat first, squeeze those shoulder blades, and then push yourself up. See if you how far away you can get your ears from your shoulders. And when I'm cueing people, I'm always saying shoulders back and down. Create space between the shoulder and the ears. Okay, so the further away they can be, the better. Now for some specific recommendations for back training, um, obviously always quality repetitions. You don't want to be swinging or anything. They always have to be controlled and pulling from your back. And then as far as sets, repetitions, I mean, there's such a variety of exercises. You can kind of pick anything, but you'd want to pick at least two. I would, I would prefer three to four or five back exercises. And again, shooting for eight to 10, did I say eight to 10? I meant six to eight repetitions for um, the back exercises. And a lot of times even five is more than enough depending on what exercise you're doing. But the main thing is to focus on pulling with your shoulder blades. Um, if you have resistance bands at home, that's a great way to practice too, because you'll find if the bands are too tight, you're gonna pull with the arm. So really it does take quite a while to change your focus, but it's well worth it because when you actually start using your back, you're gonna see a major change in your metabolism, in your posture, um, and if you've been stuck in a plateau or something, you're definitely gonna bust through that. Uh, your abdominals are gonna be stronger. I mean, there's just so many benefits to working your back correctly. I just can't even probably list them all in a decent amount of time. And by the way, we know that one of the best ways to burn fat is strenuous exercise, which means challenging. And of course, what better way to do that than with the large group of the back muscles that not only are going to help you stand better, look better, make your shoulders feel better, your neck feel better. Um, geez, I could go on and on. Um, I wish I could get with every single one of you to actually dig in and focus on how to feel it properly, but I'm trusting that I've said enough of different things that hopefully it'll sink in. If not, I guess we'll be discussing that in the community on how to really feel your back properly, but take your time in learning how to do it so that you can do it right. Like everything else, once you create the habit, it's a good habit or a bad habit. So don't get in bad habits of swinging the weight or using too heavy. Start first by focusing on the good habit of using your back to actually initiate the movement, to squeeze, to keep it tight as you go forward. So you're working that back in both directions. So again, make a good habit so that you don't even have to think about it anymore. And then after that point, you can focus on your breathing and squeezing your abdominals at the same time. So, I mean, there's always a progression that we can get better and better with everything we do. So I really hope the next time you train back that you keep these things in mind and you really feel a difference. 
I know I've talked about back training in other episodes, but um, if you can find episode 18, that's where I talk a lot about it as well, kind of like I did today. And if you can't find that, because a lot of the episodes are not on the internet anymore, I'm bundling them and putting them in the community site. So remember, b.strongandpowerful.com. And please write a comment, send me an email. And also just let me know if this is something that you would use on a regular basis or if you would prefer the Facebook uh, private page. You know, I know a lot of people do that. So let me know. As always, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to giving you all the insights to help you reach all of your goals and to help you get your best body ever. If you'd like additional information on these topics and more articles on health, nutrition, and motivation, visit fitnessmakeover.com all-in-one-workout.com or coachkira.com.